I'm Rev David. Thanks for joining me as I wander through life. Today I'm reading a story about a rich young man. On the surface it all sounds simple, but scratch that surface and things get very interesting indeed. It's from Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud and honour your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad, because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. I won't be telling you anything new when I say that the news at the moment is full of stories about coronavirus. And I won't be telling you anything new when I also say that the poor die young. This has been amply demonstrated over the past six months, where it's plain to see right across the world that the poor have been hardest hit by the virus. But it's always been the case that poor people generally die younger than the wealthy. And it was certainly the case 2,000 years ago. Having no money was a guarantee of an early death. And into this situation, Jesus says, give your money away. So die, so that you can live forever. Giving up individual wealth and living communally was recognised as a good thing. There are many examples of people living a very simple life in the Bible. The Essenes, John the Baptist, the early apostles... And that's not to mention any of the prophets from the Old Testament. But Jesus wasn't skint. His dad was a carpenter. He would have always had work. And neither were his disciples. Think of Matthew, the tax collector, and Peter, James and John, the fishermen who left their boats, which would have cost them a load of money. There was a Jewish regulation at the time. Don't give away more than 20% or a fifth of your wealth, because if you do, then you'll become a burden to others. If the young man had come to Jesus and said what he did about keeping the commandments, plus that he'd sold all his possessions, and then asked the same question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, would Jesus have let him in? And the answer is, Maybe, or maybe not. And why is that? Well, because this encounter 
in Jesus' ministry is not a tirade against wealth, because Jesus doesn't reject possessions. He rejects their hold over us. This is a moment that's about ultimate loyalty. Where does it lie? With God or with possessions and money and worldly stuff? And why is this important? Well, not because God is somehow feeling insecure if we don't offer 100% attention and loyalty. But because God's gift, the kingdom of God and eternal life, is so big, so great, so huge, that our hands must be empty for us to receive it, to get hold of it. But we're still reluctant about it, aren't we? Remember Steve Jobs, the guy who owned and ran the Apple Computers Company, who famously said, even those who believe in heaven don't want to die to get there. Let's go back a bit. If the young man had sold all his stuff and asked the same question, would Jesus have let him in? Maybe. Or maybe not. Why? Well, firstly, as I've already said, because this is less about wealth and more about loyalty. And secondly, because of the question that's asked, what must I do? We always think that we can do something, buy something, fix something, and it'll be all right and we'll get what we want. But Jesus says, with man, with people, this is impossible. We are little, God is big. Get rid of the pride, get rid of the self-reliance, be humble, hold out empty hands and simply believe that through God's grace you will receive. And I think that in today's society that's even harder than selling all your stuff and giving the cash to the poor. All your power, all our control, all gone. That's a real tough one. So there's an incredibly big ask here in this moment that's not necessarily about wealth. So where do we go from here? What is the truth of this passage for us now in 2020, trying to follow the Jesus way? Well, first, there's something here about our expectations of Jesus. Just like the young man in the story. In our hearts, we hope for easy answers. But the truth is that a lot of Jesus' teaching is easy to say, not hard to understand, but very difficult to do, to live. Secondly, Let's let ourselves be challenged about the way we see and judge things, especially people. We have so much baggage, so many preconceptions and heads full of stereotypes about other people, about difference. Just look at any selection of the front pages of our newspapers and they continually stoke this up. And then think, of that phrase in the story. 
Jesus looked at him and loved him. Can we do that? Thirdly, finally, try to notice all the things that obscure our our God image. You see, we believe that we're created in the image and likeness of God. But the trouble is that no one can see that God-like image shine out of us because of all the stuff that we hold on to and all the things that we do that are not of God's way. Unravel that and God shines through. So this seemingly simple story is all about ultimate loyalty. It's about trusting in God, about not letting our wealth take over, about being prepared to stand with nothing, nothing but open hands and open hearts, ready to accept what God gifts us. And it's about how we can shine like stars, reflecting God's glory and God's grace into the lives of others. That's it for now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.